Hey, do you want more WT fodder throughout the week? If so, head on over to Instagram and give us a follow at WTFADA underscore podcast. There, we post updates about episodes as well as news stories. Usually movies, sometimes just odd. Um, yeah, stay connected. episode is this 73 73 i'll go with it three two one and what's going on everybody welcome to the 73rd i hope episode of the wt photo podcast i'm john joined here by ron as always ron how are you i'm pretty good now you got me wondering though now i'm like did i give him the right information yeah no totally 73 is this episode it was Wonder yeah, Woman 1984 was 72. You'd think by a 73rd episode, I'd come prepared with the introduction on what episode it actually is, but uh, it wouldn't be very on brand of me to do so. So I was just going to say I'm... that that's actually something that I wouldn't expect of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how's it going? It's going all right. You know, I've been sick for the past week. thought oh, I had yeah. COVID, but I got double tested yesterday and got double negatives so i guess it's just a common cold yeah i mean i kind of heard that some version of a cold was going around um so i'm not necessarily surprised um i think my sister had a cold and she was all she was very freaked out about that whole thing she was like oh no yeah. not covid yeah. well i had a sore throat a cough and my tight chest and then i started getting a headache and I had no energy whatsoever. I, I didn't lose my taste or anything. Well, <laughs> I never had COVID, but no. I mean, I don't know. I was convinced that I had it. I'm like, I definitely have some version of it or whatever, because this is just it's too much going away. Backing up on you. But, you know, still yeah. here. Well, I'm glad that you were able to make the show. Um, I almost actually didn't make the show this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was real touch and go there for a while yeah why is that well i mean how i would define it is that i was involved in a peaceful protest yesterday uh and it it just it, the media is spinning it they're making it seem like it was a riot but it was just us it was just demonstrating our voice that's all <clears throat> oh so you were there huh no. Peacefully protesting, no, storm no. the Capitol. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to attach myself to that too much. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I was at home and I started, you know that 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 meme guy Quentin Quarantino who you know stole our fucking name uh, from our Quarantino series. <laughs> uh, uh, he started posting things, and I was like, I do not understand the context of any of this. And that what's that's what brought me to the news. And I turned the news on. And I was like, "What in the world is happening 
to my country. You know, New Year, same bullshit. That's what it is. Dude, we made it less than a week before there was an attempted coup. <laughs> like, I mean, it is <laughs> insane shit. Are we surprised? Because I'm 2021, not. meet the new boss, same as the old boss, you know? Um, yeah, what a fucking wild, insane thing. Uh, thing to see, I guess, is what I was trying to say there. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't uh still hard to fathom actually you know, it doesn't really feel real but <laughs> it is i don't mean to laugh because it's just, like it's it's not funny but it's just absolutely ridiculous <laughs> like <laughs> i have no choice it's just insane i know it is it is but it like shows me large crowd shots, and I'm like, that's what an IQ of 14 looks like. Like a collective IQ of 14. This is the yeah. people all together now. I saw this one woman, she was like all disheveled, and this guy goes up to her, like interviewing her. He's like, What happened? And she was like, They maced me. He's like, The cops maced her, the guy that she was with. And she's like, he's like, Oh, why? What happened? And she's like, I got like two steps into the Capitol, and they pushed me back and sprayed mace in my face. And he's like, oh, like, what's your name? Where you're from? And she answers it, whatever. And he's like, why were you trying to get into the Capitol? And she's like, we're storming it. It's a revolution. <laughs> and it just ends. And I'm like, what an yeah. idiot. Yeah. What an yeah, idiot. She's from that, Tennessee, by the way. So that explains everything. Yeah. Kidding. Shout our out to our from Tennessee. <laughs> from Tennessee. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, totally just kidding. Just kidding. We won't. We won't bring up any of the things that we brought up on the uh, the last time we got political, which was yeah. Uh, what was that? Oh, oh. about we were trying to figure out what states. All the cousin fucking states. <laughs> Going to hell. Going to hell, John. Well, you're not supposed to have sex with your cousin. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> you know, law says that it's all right. I some think it's like places. distant. Yeah, yeah. Some of those places they say it's all right. It's America. We've already we, we covered this. Well, Let's move there's on. There's absolutely no correlation on how. No, never mind. Let's just move past. <laughs> Let's move past it. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, I honestly, I was watching it and I was just like, "This is an absolutely insane thing," and happening so far away that it's like, well, you can't really do anything except watch on in horror. And ask why are cops holding the doors open for these people? Mm. But it's disturbing. It's disturbing that uh, these people were not being treated like other people have been treated that were marching for things that I think were more important. Mm. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's 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 a question about you know that that the the argument about white privilege is probably that whole event is probably the best uh, example of it being a thing. Um, because I was watching and I was like, "Where are the riot cops? Like, this is a riot. Like, where mm-hmm. are?" And it seemed like until I didn't see like actual riot gear until like six at night on the news. It's like it's been going on for all day. It's been going on, you know. Mm-hmm. 
It is crazy. Very, very sad day for this country. <clears throat> but I don't know. I don't want to dwell on we're like see, too we've much. We've seen a lot of them recently, and we're going to see a lot more <laughs> sad days. Well, oh, don't say it. Yeah, dude, this shit isn't going to end. Yeah, but it's 2021. I thought it was going to end like as soon as the ball dropped and it switched over. It's going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's usually how it works, right? As far as I know, yes. Um, so other than that, you know, how sick have you been, man? Are you out of work all week? or? Um, I was out of work yesterday. That's it. Yeah. It's not feeling up to snuff. Well, I went to get tested. It was yeah. something me more than just a common cold. So I was like, I'm going to go and mm-hmm. <clears throat> make sure this isn't COVID. Yeah. But I'm starting to feel a little better. My sore throat's all gone. Got a lingering cough. That's about it. That's good. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I had anything wondrous happen to me this week. And you know, honestly, it, it just feels like everything blurs together. I, I really, I got nothing. I, I had mm. a day off yesterday and it wasn't nearly long enough uh, for me to be happy. I'm outlining a new comic book project that is going to be like one half me and one half our friend Ryan Alves uh, that guest spotted on the last episode of the show. Um so that will be cool. Nice. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. And we have all year to work on it. We're not, it's not releasing until like the holiday season uh, of this year. So you got plenty of time to fine tune it, finesse it, make it look beautiful, and uh, then throw it out there and hopefully get some people interested. Also, just a shout out uh, Bubblegum Maelstrom, which is his um his new comic uh he officially has it coming out on january 25th um and i'm trying to remember how you get to it if you go to alvestagram on instagram you'll be able to find his uh i think it's his link tree and yeah it's a link tree link and right at the top, it's right at the top of his page. And when you go to that Bubblegum Maelstrom number one, and it takes you to Store Envy, and it is 40 pages and six stories with full color, and it's $12 per comic, which is pretty damn good, man. It's a hell of a value. Steal. Right? <coughs> I just went and followed him. Yeah, do it. Everybody else should right now, too. You won't regret it because he has some awesome stuff on his page. Yeah, he's a wild man. I enjoy him. I appreciate my Ryan Alves. Um, So, yeah, that's... Man, I feel like I, I, I'm woefully unprepared for uh, for an off-topic this week. I just don't have that much to talk about. Um, oh, Zack Snyder. Uh, 
You know, it's funny. I have defended Zack Snyder on on many fronts. You know, my my big one against him is I just don't like Batman killing. Uh, but Zack Snyder posted uh, this Wonder Woman image that was a Elseworlds Wonder Woman um, image. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, uh, I fucking loathe it um, completely. I'm very, very, very uh, shocked by it. And I just... I just don't know, like this dude just likes to make things brutal. And I'll show it to you here. <sighs> this is Wonder Woman during the Crimean War. Uh -huh. Check out what she's holding. Oh, she's here. holding heads. It's severed fucking heads. Nice. And I'm like, you remember that she's like a hero, right? Like, <laughs> like why the fuck? And then he's like, oh, well, this is before she meets Steve Trevor and she like he teaches her about how humanity is still good and everything. And then she becomes a hero. And I'm like, OK, like, wait a second. So we're going to write off that she's going around chopping off heads. It's, it's one thing if she's chopping off heads in battle and like whatever, because she is a warrior. It doesn't make a difference to me. But there's something real fucked up about her walking around with a fucking net sack of fucking heads like yeah that doesn't, heads. that doesn't fit the character at all no he just wants to make everything like as vicious as it possibly can be and i just i fucking hate it i really do i'm all for it What's cut that? them heads off uh, oh I'll do it man cut them heads off carry them around show the enemies what they're in for fuck it wow okay <laughs> well thanks for the support buddy <laughs> <laughs> oh it's yeah. pretty cool but no i still i still i don't see gal gadot's uh wonder woman just doing that at all it makes a zero sense even before steve trevor no. but okay i i like you wanted to chop off heads and stuff and like do badassery like that. I'm like, all right, cool. But like, let's make it a mythical beast or something, you know, like if she cut off a minotaur's head, I'd be like, no problem. Awesome. That was so sick. But the fact that it's like wonder woman who has such a love and like, she has such a compassionate place. Yeah. Humanity makes no sense. It just is crazy. It is so ridiculous. I like the story that he came up with, which is that her hunt for Ares has actually been all the way from like all the way from like ancient Themyscira. Like she has been going around the world trying to find Ares in all these wars because they, they crop up and she goes, well, he must be there somewhere. And then she goes looking for him and you know, ultimately the war ends and, and she doesn't find Ares and then another war pops up and it's like this her chasing Ares around the globe trying to get her hands on him to end war. And I'm like, that's a pretty cool story. Please don't have her carry around all the heads of the people she's murdered. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Ray Fisher cyborg from justice league said that he's not going to work with walter hamada anymore um 
and Walter Hermada has uh, extended his tenure as the DC Films president. So it looks like Ray Fisher's not going to be cyborg anymore, uh, which is like, that's crazy. But I mean, it's I, I think I talked about it last week, but it's, he didn't make a huge impact uh, in that movie uh, because his part was all cut to shit. So I don't think most people are going to miss him. I feel bad because I think he's a good actor. And uh, we were lucky to have him in that part. And, you know, it's just just an ugly situation. Those DC yeah. movies, nothing good, nothing good <coughs> has happened with them, you know. The rush to Justice League and shared universe and all that stuff. Mm. Bad. Mm-hmm. Bad movie. Yeah, doesn't seem to be really working out very well. No, I have a lot of hope for Matt Reeves' uh, The Batman, though. I think that that's going to be good. And I want them to finally talk on the Marvel side of things. I want them to finally, like, full-on reveal everything that's going on with uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. Because those rumors are completely out of control. There's way too much shit that's being like all the Spider-Mans that have ever been in the movies are going to be in it. Also Sandman, Doc Ock, Green Goblin from the Sam Raimi movies and Jamie Foxx from, uh, from the amazing Spider-Man movie. He's going to be in it. Kirsten Dunst and Emma Stone, uh, you know, like JK Simmons, like all of this stuff that that's getting thrown out. And I just want to know if it's actually real or not. Or like because the only ones that are confirmed are Electro and Doc Ock are confirmed, and then everything else is all speculation. Mm-hmm. I just want them to say if it actually is going to be that, you know. But I'd be excited. It's fun to speculate in that kind of shit, you know, the possibilities. Yeah, from having all those characters in there, I would be really excited to see. Jamie Foxx's Electro again. No, uh, Doc Ock. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Pretty awesome. But I don't know, man. Got anything else off topic wise? I got nothing this week. Mm, I, kinda... I don't really have much either. It's been it's been a weird start to the new year. Yeah, I, I feel like it was. I feel like it it started so quietly, and then yesterday was so gangbusters bananas like i didn't sleep terribly well because i was like oh man i wonder if i wonder if my country's dead you know mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so i didn't sleep totally well i i was just so uh i was just so disturbed that i found it difficult to kind of like settle in you know yeah um so hopefully tonight i sleep a little bit better but i uh I don't know, man. It's scary. Like, I posted stuff on uh, the Instagram page about uh, like the news that's crazy right now, and it was like a shot from The Dark Knight Rises, all the riots at the end of that movie. Like, that's <laughs> what it looks like. Like, that's what it fucking looked like. I was looking at the steps and everything of the Capitol building and the columns and everything and like this surging crowd and like the police trying to fight them back and everything. And I was like, where's Bane? Bane's yeah. up there somewhere. I know it. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing how those movies had like their, their, you know, their fingers on the pulse 
you know, mm-hmm. like like when they wrote The Dark Knight Rises, it was actually just before the Occupy Wall Street movement. And, uh, you know, I see like there's Occupy Wall Street in there, but also there's a lot of stuff that feels very much like today, you know, like where we mm-hmm. are in uh, 2021. And I don't know. Those movies were like talking about what it was like to live in America, like post 9-11, you know, and I feel like we're still kind of experiencing the fallout of how drastically we got like shaken up after that event. Mm. But, I don't know. Let's cut to fucking commercial. And let's uh, come back here and I'll ask you my favorite question of the week. Does that sound fair? Sounds wonderful. Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, cool. I could do that simple favor for you. Oh, what I do? Huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, do you need a new bath mat or a shower curtain or maybe even a bedspread? And ideally, would you like those things to have our faces printed all over them? It's a rhetorical question. I know that the answer is yes. A resounding yes. Head over to ron-iii-art.redbubble.com so that you can start adorning your house with WT Fada merchandise today. Johnny, what the fuck are we talking about? Well, I literally <laughs> just said it, but we're talking about a simple favor. What's that? Oh, it's it's what I do do for you. Simple Aww. favors. Aww. All the time. You're so sweet. Um, well, you, if you listen to last week's episode, then you would have heard us bring it up because... <laughs> when I couldn't finish Wonder Woman 1984, that's what I went and watched. <laughs> it almost prematurely ended last week's episode because you told me that Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick make out in it. And I was like, well, I have to stop talking about Wonder Woman 1984 and go watch that. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, why we're doing it this episode this week. 100%. <laughs> I just, I, I figured... It was like killing two birds with one stone. It was it was content for this episode, and also me getting to just go at the screen while they kissed, which was great. So, um, what you think about the movie? I kind of zoned out on either side of the kissing. <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> yeah, I go, I'm gonna rewind back to the part that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. This is an interesting one. It, it, I like the uh, a simple favor has a really strange tone to it where it's both like pretty goofy comedy and also like some of the things like, you know, spoiler alert, when <laughs> when they're pulling Blake Lively's body out of the, 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 the lake where she drowned um 
it is uh, pretty grotesque, pretty accurate to what happens to bodies in water. Not mm-hmm. that I know what happens to bodies in water from firsthand experience. I just happen to see some crime documentaries and stuff. And sometimes, you you know, they, they talk about that, uh, what happens, you know, and that's the only reason that I know. It's not because I'm, you know, I'm not like some nefarious, you know, villain or something. I'm not like out there, you know, murdering people and putting them in, in lakes, you know. I mean, I, don't don't look in the lake. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Ron would never do that. So, Ron, he does this sometimes. We'll give him a minute. I'm trying to remember if he hid, hid the bodies well enough. Sorry, I was just thinking about something. What were you saying? <laughs> well, I mean, we could talk about that scene, but that's like three quarters of the way through the movie. So, like, let's maybe we'll back it up a little bit. Um, yeah. So the movie is about a zucchini chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh, and that's kind of what causes all the trouble right off the bat. I that was a that's such a weird moment, like it set the tone for kind of like how goofy it was going to be. Just the idea of a zucchini chocolate yeah. chip cookie. I was like, I am angry, <laughs> furious at you right now. I threw my shoe with my TV. <laughs> he was like zucchini chocolate chip cookie and i took my shoe off i was like fuck you <laughs> you know what that, it, it might not be that bad give it a shot so what's it like communist <laughs> i don't know couldn't tell you oh my not me no zucchini chocolate chip cookie eaters are communists <laughs> I, I never said i had one i said maybe it's not as bad as it sounds He's had three, at least. And he shared them with um, everyone he knows because he's a goddamn communist. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Anna Kendrick, the, I like the way that it, that was one of the one thing I noticed right off the bat was the, uh, the framing of the movie. I like the idea of using her food vlog as a... Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's not just a food vlog. It's a mommy vlog um, as like a like a device, you know, and it kind of drops you into the story immediately where you find out that her friend Emily has gone missing. It's been five days. And they can't find her. And, uh, you know, she's obviously worried, you know, as you would be. Um well, it's like she poses as she calls her her best friend, and then you come to find out they've only known each other for a couple of weeks, I believe it was. Like, it yeah. wasn't very long. And I'm like, I, what is going on? I'm like, someone seems a little bit obsessive, but then you kind of watch and see. They kind of bonded a lot in those two weeks that they knew each other. I also think that it's like a character quirk, too, because I think yeah. that, uh, like, she is so strange. And so she's so very Anna Kendrick-y. Mm-hmm. You know, like her character is very Anna Kendrick-y. I yeah, it's a good like, part for her. I feel like Anna Kendrick is the celebrity that you would meet and you would be like, oh my God, you're so cool. Like, 
I I love you in, you know, blah, blah, blah. I love you in this movie, you know? And she'd be like, oh my God, thank you. Like, that's so cool. And then you'd be like, awesome. And then like, you'd go home and you'd be like, wow, like that was really neat. And you'd be like, I, I can't believe I met like a movie star. And then you would get in bed and you'd be going to sleep. And then you'd hear like your phone go, ba-ding. and you'd be like, huh? And then you like reach over and you grab your phone and you open it up and she has found you on Instagram and she has friended you and she sent you a message in your DMs. And she was like, she's like, it was really cool getting to know you today. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, talk to you later. And then she'd be like, what you doing? And you'd be like, fuck God damn it. Uh, I'm trying to go to sleep. And she's like, oh, boo, lame. You know, and that that it would just turn into like single white female, her stalking you, her starting to dress like you, talk like you. She starts showing up in all the same places that you go to before you know it. You're like, I think this, I think she's trying to fucking kill me, you know? And uh, that's what she does. That's what Anna Kendrick does. She goes around and she murders people and she assumes their identity and she's just masquerading like you know like we see her as just anna kendrick but she's actually going around and just snuffing people out left and right uh and, and becoming them on in her spare time you know when she's not in front of the camera it sounds like a dream you had once <clears throat> why would i, I ever dream about anna kendrick not leaving me alone <laughs> <laughs> such a weird thing to dream about <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm so fucking lonely man hi <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing anymore i've lost it all right Indeed let's you go have, everybody ron has lost it Making the announcement now. Pish posh. Oh, God. We'll do it. Pish posh. Uh, all right. Continue. Where were you? I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, no idea. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like that's like a character quirk, though. Her getting, like, that close to this woman that fast, you know? Just she has a couple uh, character quirks that I... Um... <laughs> didn't see coming but we'll get to that later <laughs> well she has an interesting uh, i believe maybe one of the things you're alluding to is her libido which appears <laughs> to be very very predatory and like just out of nowhere like all of a sudden it's just like something turns over in her mind she turns into like a wild woman yeah all sorts of fucked up things <laughs> Well, is your audio a little muffled? Uh, I don't know. Is it? Oh, it was for a second. There. I don't know if you had a mic, like, but you're good now. Okay, good. Cool. So anyway, <clears throat> Andy Kendrick's character, I already forget the name. It's been like a week and a half since I watched it. So if you, if you is, remember the names. She is Stephanie. Stephanie and she Emily, right? She is Emily. Emily, okay. Yeah. As Stephanie, far as we know. As far as we know, Stephanie meets Emily 
through their children at school and like immediately Emily's a very like abrasive rude kind of in your face sarcastic type person and it's like not like a complete opposite of of Anna Kendrick's character yeah but I must say Blake Lively is so fucking hot in this movie holy shit holy shit like she's an attractive woman to begin with but like just the character she plays in here it's like damn you know, it's funny. I always uh, like I am. I'm a I'm a Blake Lively fan in general, um, and I don't know what it is. I I, f- I think it's just like maybe it's like a regional thing or something. But every time I watch the town, she's in the town, and she is like this kind of like a little bit like greasy, dirty Boston <laughs> girl in it. And every time I watch the town, I'm like, God, man, she is a sweetheart. (laughs) It's like, why do I, why am I into this? (laughs) Can't help myself. (laughs) The way she fucking talks. Oh, kills me. (laughs) Kills me. Not sure that would be my first version of Blake Lively that I'd choose, but. You know what's funny? It's weird, though. (laughs) It is strange about me because I have a habit of, like, somebody would throw out a name and they're like, oh, that person's really pretty. And then I I find myself attracted to like the scuzziest character that they played. And I don't <laughs> know why. I think I'm like, a, I think I'm so, like, I'm a pig or something. Or uh, yeah, I just uh, yeah, I have low standards. Sure. Maybe I feel like they're more attainable with that. <laughs> they're a little bit, you know. Yeah, like that's a bit of my level there. Yeah, that's closer to what I could actually, I could actually get, you know. <laughs> yeah that Uh, makes sense yeah no i i I don't know what it is i had the same thing with um this one's really bad you want to hear something really bad this is going on this is going on the record everybody's gonna know (sighs) let's hear it i got the hots from marla singer in fight club she's brutal <laughs> like, i see marwa singer and i'm just like oh oh my god it's a terrible thing to admit there's so you many have a type clearly i want a bottom carter is like you know she's a pretty lady and, and there's so many other movies that you can choose from and i i, I just landed on marwa singer i'm like a marwa singer 100 marwa singer fan i'm a fan of blake wively in the town i yeah Oh, oh, Charlize Theron, when she played Eileen Warnos. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's not true. That, that, one, a that, one's, a lie. that one's a lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Blake Lively, pretty good. She's a pretty good performance in this movie. Um, and yeah, she has a, like an interesting energy throughout this whole thing i thought it was weird when they go back to blake lively okay wait all right they go back to blake lively's house and i was like what the fuck is happening am i having a stroke this is weird because is that not the same fucking house from the lie the exact same fucking house from the lie i didn't get that feeling I was watching it. I'm like, they shot this in the same spot. And then I started doing it's research. It's similar. Definitely I started, similar. I started doing research, and both of those movies are shot in Toronto. Really? Like, it's the same house. The only thing that they did was they changed the kitchen island 
the kitchen island in uh the lie i think was perpendicular to the door and the kitchen island in this movie was parallel so they like changed the living room and shit um but i swear to god it's the same house i'm not that observant (laughs) i was watching it and i was like like do they just have like a stock house that they're like well you know we're doing kind of like a thrower and stuff so we want it to be kind of like modern and sleek and like a little cold it's like perfect we have a house for that you know and you start watching (laughs) all these thrower movies that are from the same era you know change the kitchen island a little bit yeah they just keep moving that the (laughs) that's the only thing they change everything else stays exactly the same but I, I was. You know wondering. what? I think that's the same kitchen island in the orphan that they just got it, got it in on. You know. That's what it is. That's what it that, is. Yeah, you know, all three movies. Yeah. Same house. Well, it's Crazy. funny too because I think the so orphan orphan was definitely Connecticut. This one's Connecticut, and then the lie was the lie Connecticut <laughs> too. Where the fuck was that? I don't remember. I don't know. <clears throat> this one house in Toronto looks like a Connecticut house. Which I'm not going to so. lie, it does. I mean, hoity mm. toity. Connecticut, you know, it just, it sucks. It just, yeah, it's not a great place. No, it's just, it's, it's a uh, ugly, ugly state. Probably the worst in the entire union, to be honest. Nothing, nothing good. Nothing good. Connecticut. I don't have an ex that was from there. That's not why I'm saying that. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John, continue. <laughs> All right. Well, you were in mid-thought about something about going back to Emily's house uh, and then and you got cut off and where was that thought going? We talked about a great performance, thought there was something funny about going back to Emily's house and this weird feeling about something, and you felt like you were, what'd you say? Oh, I know what I was going to say. So I got completely sidetracked by the house thing. Uh, What I would say is that when she's like, she takes off her coat, the first thing you realize is like her cuffs and her shirt are like separated. And then she like reached and took her shirt and just like pulled it out from her vest. And it's just like, uh, it's just like the collar and uh, the front part of a dress shirt. And then she was taking off her little, uh, her little cuffs from her shirt. And I was like, it made me think of like Chippendales dancers. And then I was like, is she a stripper or something? Or like, what, what is going on here? And then that's not what's going on. I, it just, that was my immediate, that was my first thought. No, but from like the moment they went back to her house, I'm like, I feel like they're going to have some sort of relation at some point, or at least Emily's going to try it. And I was right. It just took a lot longer than I was hoping it would. <laughs> Very short lived. Yeah. But, wow. I mean, they kind of kind of like paint the picture of who Emily is kind of like right off the bat, you know, they bring her home, she pours a drink. It's gotta be like what? Four o'clock. Didn't they just leave school or something? Yeah. Not I mean, almost immediately. And she's like very, 
amused by Stephanie's character. Like you can see it's like she almost looks at her in like a predatory way. Uh-huh, yeah. And yeah. like, yeah. Like Stephanie's a ball of yarn and she's a cat. Yeah, exactly. She's like, there's a lot I can do here. Like I almost thought, like I said before that, it was coming from a sexual place, but it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Well, and then it's like even the the introduction of her husband and the way that he comes into the scene and the way that they kiss in front of Stephanie and it's all very like over the top uncomfortable mm-hmm. I was like not only is it going to be Emily and Stephanie but it's also gonna yeah. be this guy that's what I was thinking too yeah I'm like there's a lot of tension built up real fast and I think also it's an interesting uh, I think because they frame Stephanie is so innocent, you know, in her dress, like she talks about the 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 socks from Target, which I thought was a good moment. <laughs> she's like, she's like, yeah, they got cats and squirrels and uh, beavers. <laughs> the painting of uh, nude Blake Lively. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, that's a, that a good moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they kind of, they paint her as so innocent and everything. And I think there's at least a small part of me in that sequence where I was getting almost like hard candy vibes. Uh, have you seen hard candy? I think I came out a while ago, right? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, God, why can't I do it? Uh, Ellen Page um, and Patrick Wilson. Basically, the conceit of the movie, what what the movie is about uh, is Patrick Wilson is a... Well, man, it sure seems like he's like some type of sexual predator. And Mm -hmm. Ellen Page is 14. And he meets her at a coffee shop. And then it's like they've you find out that they've been talking online for a while. And then he's like, oh, well, why don't you come, you know, come back to my place? I can show you my camera equipment. And then they go back to his place. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's that element of like, here's this innocent character that's being entrapped in a space that they don't have any control over. And I kind of felt the same feeling about Stephanie in that scene was that I felt like, uh, I mean, the only the only thing in the back of my head that's like, okay, good, is that I know that the kids are there too. So I know mm-hmm. that it can't get like super out of hand, right? So that was that was good to, to keep in mind. But there was still that same sense of even when she started dancing to the music that was playing and she's dancing kind of like old school, you know, like a little bit like maybe like 50s kind of like Elvis beach party style dancing you know what I mean mm-hmm. and uh when Blake Lively comes back and just stops and is just watching her from like almost the shadows and then Stephanie realizes that she's being watched and then she gets self-conscious and Blake Lively's character is like no 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 I was enjoying that give me more you know and it's just this thing of like I, I guess it's 
because it's her absorbing her with her eyes and and not it, it's not framed as a like can you dance more for me it's framed as like a command give me more you know mm-hmm. there's something about that that felt a little bit scary too it's a lot of stuff right in that scene that feels perilous you know and it's it's hard to know exactly what direction the the movie's going to head in you know mm-hmm. um but we we pivot pretty quickly to finding out more about stephanie and stephanie's life and her backstory at least part of it gets revealed uh shortly thereafter over drinks and it's that she had a father who had died and the day of the funeral her stepbrother that she didn't know she had showed up and then they were talking and then they weren't talking. John described to everybody what was happening while they weren't talking. <laughs> Why do I got to do it? <laughs> I, because I'm making you look, I, I talk a lot. All right. I, I'm self-conscious about it. So now right, it's basically like, that I don't want to talk about. I'm going to I'm going to throw it to you. Well, I mean, it's basically like the first page of the Pornhub website, you know, boom step bro step sis like just shamelessly out there there it is yeah and like the the way she describes that it happens is like she's like i he reminds her of her father and like i don't know it got really weird and like they just slide it in there so casually like it's no big deal describe it now (laughs) no no don't that wasn't casual at all that was like you don't have to describe <laughs> what they did. You, you know, I didn't want you to go that far. Like, slide it in. Don't, you know, not, you don't have to say that. Jesus Christ. Well, you told me to describe the scene, man. So what this I was is doing. a family show, John. It's not this a is a family show. show. If you're listening and you're just tuning in and you hear this is a family show, turn back. It is not a, not a family show. <laughs> well, we're talking about <sighs> we're talking about things that families do together right now. I guess. In certain states. <laughs> Shout out to Tennessee. No, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. I don't know if Tennessee was ever one of them, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, well, let's go and see if we can talk shit about Tennessee without uh, fear of reprisal here. So United States, we, uh, we you know, we have, we have, we have listenership all over the world. We're, we're that famous guys we are that famous i'm gonna go into my analytics i'm gonna find out for sure whether or not we can talk shit about tennessee with him well tennessee is on the list so let's talk shit about him anyway is it it is on the list yeah oh no (laughs) how far up one percent oh no it's not ranked in the one that (laughs) patanooga uh (coughs) Who do we got here? Uh, Chattanooga, Memphis, and Nashville. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for <laughs> listening. And we apologize profusely. 
if you have sex with your family, I don't apologize at all. <laughs> well, I don't think that's a look. I don't think that our listeners do that. Okay, this is a high class show. Okay, we make sure that it's a high class show. You know, <laughs> we only attract high class people. All right. Although royalty used to, let's not get into it. Uh, <laughs> so, what the fuck happens next? I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm <sighs> what I happens like I'm next? My mind sometimes, like I'm not. Yeah, me too. Not all with it anymore. You know, I, I feel like my my I'm fraying. I'm fraying, and no one can help me. No one can stop it from occurring. It's just this slow degradation of my soul and my body and my mind and uh, you know it's just it's ugly it's not good not good at all anyway we <laughs> moving forward well as their relationship you know they start to have more and more meetups and there was a, a specific scene when she's watching em- stephanie's watching emily's kid because you know Stephanie offers, and she's like, "I'll definitely do that for you." And Emily's like, "Great, I don't fucking like my kid anyway. Here, take it, right?" And then uh, they're at the park, and Emily shows up to pick up her kid, and Stephanie's just, you know, being a good, a good mom to her son. And then Emily walks over, and Stephanie's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And she's like, "Don't apologize for being a better fucking parent than I ever could be." Mm-hmm you know, whatever, whatever. And she starts to watch her son have fun and play. And she has like this sincere, candid look on her face. And Stephanie's like, this is a good time to take a picture. And she snaps one. And then Emily just, boom, just flips a switch. And she's like, delete that fucking picture of me. It's very odd. She's kind of like out of nowhere. Like, why don't you watch your, want your picture taken? It's really weird. You know, it just kind of adds the mystery of who the fuck Emily is. And like, why is she so weird? Yeah, that was a that was a kind of a that was, that was the first time that it felt more like a like an outward threat that Emily was like there was the suspicion of Emily as a threat, and then that was the first time where I was like, all right, well, there's something going on with this lady. There's something wrong with her. Um, mm-hmm. That was the first moment where I was kind of nervous about her. Um, I also wanted to say something. If you go back and check the tape. On all of these episodes, I bet you hear me say I'm sorry way more than I need to. And I just want to say that I that the frame the framing of that I'm sorry thing is often that it's like that's just something that women say. But anybody that feels like a nuisance says that shit anybody so yeah. i think it's probably true that women do wind up saying that a lot because people may be making them feel like uh like a nuisance mm-hmm. i myself feel like a nuisance i say i'm sorry a lot and uh as you should no i'm kidding <laughs> I don't want to do the show anymore. <laughs> well, I can't do it without you, man. So pull it together. Apologize okay. and let's move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
um yeah so that yeah that scene was weird it was the first indication that something actually was up with her you know right um but yeah it becomes kind of standard practice for her to be like hey hey can you take care of the kid hey can you take care of the kid and actually one of the other parents mistakes stephanie for the nanny uh which was kind of funny and then mm-hmm. she has like her big retort about how actually no we're actually friends and everything and we have martinis together from from london which i thought was <laughs> goofy as fuck uh <laughs> uh and then emily calls her gives her the whole song and dance hey take care of the kid for me if you will and then she fucking disappears Not a trace just like that she was gone Right, which, according to her husband, is apparently normal for her. Like, that happens. She just disappears for a couple of days at a time. Well, you know women. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> See? I told you. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I... The disappearing act was fine was interesting was different very low energy this show very low energy this is a struggle for me right now and i don't know yeah you and i both because it's a thursday night a thursday night it it really it's not ideal it's not ideal but we're 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 getting it we're gonna get we're making it work we're giving you any energy we have towards the end of the week You, you got it I feel like this is the this is what separates the the men from the the boys from the men is uh, <laughs> if you can do a fucking podcast on a Thursday night uh, if you can do that then you're in it one hundred percent yeah you can do that oh, you can do anything can't stop us uh, yeah so that actually that's the moment where you get the the title of the movie a simple favor you know uh, I think that that's how uh, she describes it. Mm. kind of weird actually in retrospect doesn't feel like it it works but she kind of gives like a she kind of gives like a like a bunch of different things all happening at once so it's a little bit hard to understand exactly what's going on with her and uh that's the moment where she sort of disappears for good gone Mm -hmm. and that prompts stephanie to ask questions and you know she kind of she kind of gets luthy like almost it almost felt a little bit unnatural do you feel that too like all of a sudden it was like oh my friend went missing and i'm taking the law into my own hands and i'm launching my own investigation Hmm. did you feel like that seemed like her character at all or did that seem like something that the plot needed her to do um i don't know it didn't really seem weird to me huh it's not like it's something that i don't think she would ever do especially because she's weird and quirky like that and she's just like probably deeply cares about this emily person in the short time they've known each other and you know Maybe she thinks something is up, but not anything where she might be in danger. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I, don't I, know, no I felt idea. weird about it. I felt super strange about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like a big switch, you know? 
if they had if they had set up more of what happened to her she's a widow all right what happened to her husband and her brother if they had set that up in a way that it's like oh when they died it was mysterious and she started like uncovering clues and stuff trying to piece together what happened but it's not really presented that way it's presented in a way where it's like it was a car crash they died that's it and i i kind of wish that there was more of a thing where like you find out that like the car crash story maybe the car crash story is bullshit and maybe it's like she's covering up what really happened uh just for the sake of getting a story out there that's short and sweet and to the point but actually their death was mysterious and she wind she wound up in the past researching it and putting it together and and discovering the truth and then you like you have the precedent where it's like oh this isn't the first time that she's done this shit because it really does feel like she hits the ground running with this fucking investigation you know and yeah. is you know turning over clues and stuff and uh it, it rang a little bit untrue to me or something didn't seem quite right she's probably scared to call the cops too because yeah. it really is fine i mean she's terrified of her what she would do what she would think yeah <sighs> like that she might be mad at her i'm not sure you know yeah. i mean everyone she talks to it's like she talks to her husband she talks to her boss and they both kind of like, yeah, that's just how she is. So she's like, oh, maybe I'll hold off on calling the cops. But like, that's my best friend. I really want to figure out what happened to her. I don't know. That's a I really good impression. <laughs> Anna Kendrick, if you're watching, let me know how I did. Anna Kendrick, if you're watching, prepare to lose a lot of work. Because <laughs> I'm going to audition too. He's going to swipe those parts right out from underneath you. I'm going to go and be an Anna Kendrick impersonator. <laughs> Ooh, that's a solid career path for you. I actually feel like that that could work. I could do it. You're going to be in the next pitch perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't think have you so? Heard, have you heard me saying it ain't happening? <laughs> well, one time. One time. I snuck into your bathroom while you were showering. Joke's on you. I don't sing in the shower. Then who was I stalking? <laughs> Probably I got your nights mixed pictures. up. I have all those pictures. <laughs> um, who is my mystery man? Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. When Stephanie goes to Emily's office, she finds underneath. The like the the mat the I guess the I don't know what the fuck you call those things, like a desk protector or whatever the hell I don't know. You write on them. They're they're black and they're made of plastic. You know what I'm talking about? They sit on the desk right in the middle, and it's like a it's like a like a big old rectangle, and I don't know what you call them, right? But they they sit there and everything, and a lot of offices have them. You know, what's the name of those? I have no idea. Me neither. But anyway, what she finds underneath is important. Yes, very important. Underneath, and I thought it was a clever, it was a stroke of cleverness because the only way that she would be able to find this is if the desk was made of glass, and it was. It was. So she's underneath the desk, fucking around, trying to open a lock on a filing cabinet, and she happens to glance up, and bam, there's a picture. Blake Lively. It says, 
gotta have faith on it. And she's like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking too. It's like George Michael. It's like the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she winds up taking that and makes a bunch of uh, missing persons flyers. I really liked her scene with uh, Dennis Nywan, uh, which is just like such a goofy fucking name. But Dennis Nywan's scene with her and her uh, remembering back to something that Emily told her about how you have to go for like the throat with like powerful people um, mm-hmm. in order to, to have the upper hand. And she does. Um, I, I got a real big kick out of uh, her calling him something like a Tom Ford wannabe. Tom Ford, not only a fashion designer, but a filmmaker who made uh the one movie that i i've seen that he did that i really enjoyed was nocturnal animals um so when they dropped tom ford's name i was like oh fuck yes because nocturnal animals is great um i feel like i've seen that movie it sounds really familiar it was it was amy adams and jake Hall and mm-hmm. michael shannon and isla fisher and Aaron Taylor Johnson and like this beautiful model from the UK played Jake Hall's daughter in it. I had to look her up because I was like, dang, hi. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's a solid yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it, but. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, Carry us on, John. I'm forcing you to talk. Deal with it. <sighs> okay. Well, where the fuck do we go from here? I well, I mean that that scene there was so significant because like they're like, oh, she doesn't like her picture taken, so it's like impossible to find a picture of her, and then she finds one, and there it is. She puts it all up, trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> she talks about it on her what did you call it, her mommy log or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Trying to figure out where she went. <clears throat> so. I say that she's in Miami for a business trip. I believe this is Miami this time, right? Mm-hmm. And the cops do get involved at this point, right? Or is it afterwards? Yeah. After um, what uh, happens? Well, she does a little digging. She finds out that there is some significance to is it Wisconsin. I want to say, yeah, I you'll have to refresh my memory because it's been like a week and a half. Let's see here. She maybe it's not Wisconsin. Maybe it's Michigan or some shit. I think it was Michigan. I think it was Michigan. It it was it was a summer camp. I can't find the name of the fucking summer camp either. But there's a summer camp in Michigan that is important. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, <laughs> we are so rough tonight. It's not even funny. There's no no smoothness to this show at all. It's okay. It's okay. Right. We'll do it. We're losing, Squ- we're losing them. <laughs> Squaw Lake Bible Camp. Is that what it's called? That's it. Squaw Lake That's Bible it. Camp. That's correct. That's uh, it. We'll, go, yeah. we'll get it. <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, well, shortly after she finds out about this place, is I, I believe is when they f- get the call that uh, Emily was found dead. 
kind yeah. of passing the like. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Emily is dead. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. I want to tell you something right off, uh, right immediate. Okay. Immediately, I'm watching this, I'm seeing them pull her body from the lake. And I, I, in that scene, knew that something was wrong because her mole, her mole is in the wrong spot. It's on the other side of her face. And I said to myself, I wonder if that was a special effects department mistake. And then I said to myself, that doesn't make any sense because when you do the mold of an actress's face or an actor's face, um, and if you were going to make like a silicone model of them, all you would do is you would take that mold and you would fill it up with silicone and like, bam, you have your silicone Blake Lively. Ooh. Huh. No, I I mean, well, when they pull the body out, they like, oh, look at the tattoo on her wrist. It's the flames and the charity symbol or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't buy it for a second. I'm like, there's no way that's her. Like, what direction are you going to go in this movie if she's dead? So I'm like, whatever. Not a big deal, though. But I noticed the mole, and I was very proud of myself because I was already like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if it was like a twin or a lookalike or actually like she used um like she actually somehow managed to get like a a a fake like like dummy or something of her yeah. like maybe like it wouldn't trick the cops but maybe like if the cops are somehow in on it and this is like the game or something and they're like they're just fucking with Anna Kendrick you know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, after they think she's dead, this is where Stephanie and Emily's former husband start to form a relationship. Yeah, that was like really quite surprising. I, uh, I, yeah, like her character, all right, um, is very strange because she's like this cutesy awkward character that also has this like i don't know how to explain it but it it just seems like there's like this animalistic side of her that can get flipped very quickly you Mm -hmm. know and that's what happens in that scene because it goes from being like oh man i'm just trying to console this guy that lost his wife to like all of a sudden there's like oh man like there's tension here mm-hmm. and then that tension uh like you feel it and she tries to deny it and then she just gives in full tilt and mm-hmm. yeah I, I it's weird and it seems like it's a repeating aspect of her character um which is kind of kind of cool. I don't know. It's different. It's, it doesn't. It feels unexpected from her. You know. Mm-hmm. I think she's somebody that's so prim and proper most of the time that when she like gets close to like that dangerous side of herself, she like can't help but just indulge it. You know. And uh, yeah, I saw an interview with. Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick was making me laugh because they asked her about what was it like filming 
the uh, sex scenes in the movie and she was like I am really really good at it (laughs) (laughs) and she was like honestly like I should start doing porn and I was like (laughs) not gonna argue with you I'm (laughs) I support your decisions (laughs) (laughs) nice no I I I, uh she's funny man Anna Kendrick has like a personality to her that I do find endearing I also do find her mildly annoying at times though too like it's (laughs) a weird it's a very strange kind of you know situation I saw if Anna Kendrick was watching she's not anymore (laughs) well no I mean I will I would like to take you out for dinner Anna but also there might come a point in the night that I'm going to be like, Hey, would you pipe down? You know, uh, um, but no, I saw her, I saw her in, um, what was it? What movie was it? I saw her and she was in an, she was in a film. Um, she was in a, uh, the accountant, the accountant which is the Ben Affleck movie. Um, Ben Affleck starring in it. It's directed by Gavin O'Connor. And I was watching her in that. And I was like, oh man, I really like her and everything. And then also it was like, if a scene was too long with her, I was like, oh Jesus, (laughs) cut cut away from her. Show somebody else quick. You know? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I've never seen The Accounted, so I don't know how bad it gets. No, I, I mean, I think even like this is a tough sell, man. It's like she's a lead, you know, she's carrying a, a large swaths of this movie on her back. And, you know, I feel like I acclimated to her enough to kind of be like, all right, it's fine. But there is something about her that I just find like, <laughs> just a little bit taxing. You know, I don't know why. Yeah, I could see that. I could see you it. Feel it too. Nobody's perfect, perfect man. Right? It's okay. She's like the Michael Sarah of women, you know? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> like the rudest thing that you could ever say about any lady. I'm so sorry, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I, I apologize on the behalf of the Ted Fauna podcast. Yes. We don't uh, mean it. <laughs> yeah, so she winds up like she's, you know, slowly, you know, as she's piecing together So this is all happening and like it feels kind of like Anna Kendrick is like slotting into um, Emily's life. As that's happening, you start to realize that Emily might not be as dead as she appears, but she might actually still be out there. And it starts with like, um, you know, when, when Anna Kendrick told her the story about how she swept with her half brother there was the thing about uh, Emily calling her brother fucker. Brother fucker. And uh, so there winds up being these things where like the son, Emily's son is saying that he's seen her and then he starts giving her things that Emily has given him to give to her, including one that's a photograph that says brother fucker across mm-hmm. it like circled around her and shit she has to smell her perfume on those things on her kid i'm pretty sure on emily's yeah. kid yeah so 
you know, you start to, be, you know, it starts to unveil that maybe there's more at play. And, uh, you know, as it becomes more obvious that Emily, in fact, is still alive, Stephanie is continuing to sleuth. But this time, you know, the, the mood kind of shifts, you know, the mood shifts from trying to find out what happened to her friend to trying to prove uh you know prove that her you know her friend is alive and also kind of like just get to the bottom of everything that's happening because pretty (laughs) it's pretty dangerous i don't know know fuck (laughs) help me (laughs) jump in there man i'm fucking i'm toast i don't know why Damn, if you're a toast, this whole podcast is done. I'm having like the worst night, dude. I can't think straight anymore. All right, I'll pick up. Well, there's also the scene where she actually calls her. Yeah. Like you hear her voice and they have like a conversation and it's just like, all right, well, she's clearly not dead. But like we kind of just knew that anyway. But there, I think there was a scene before that where she's she's trying on Emily's clothes and the doorbell rings and it's a detective and she can't get the dress off. And he comes in and he's like questioning her and he's like, well, you know, Emily's husband took out a $4 million life insurance, you know, like a few days before she went missing and so yeah. that. And, <laughs> you know, like you seem to be getting pretty cozy and blah, blah, blah. And it seems like she's becoming like a suspect in, um, in, this murder i guess yeah. or like the, at least like the disappearance here and there and which like <sighs> you know i mean we that know kind of becomes the motivating factor of like why she's so hell-bent on proving that emily's alive yeah yeah that makes sense and <laughs> there was a scene where she clears out like emily's closet and then she walks back in and everything is just back where it was. Did yeah, you see that? Poltergeisty. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, that seemed like it happened in a matter of like minutes. Like, yeah. I don't buy it. Yeah, I didn't like that one so much. Um yeah, so she, you know, in you know, she starts digging into Emily's past. She meets that artist that painted the picture of Emily nude. And that artist is like, she is a messed up chick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's, you know, the further back you look into her life, the more, the worse it gets. Um, this artist kind of lost to everything because she was like obsessed with Emily. And she went from nonstop drawing Emily to nonstop drawing knives. I'm guessing <laughs> because she's fantasizing about killing Emily. Um, but yeah, like, she you know we talked about lake squaw and everything and like that that's where anna kendrick winds up and discovers the story about emily and hope and their um sorry uh sorry she finds out about hope and faith uh and also a third sister by the name of charity who was stillborn and basically, it turns out that Emily is hope, and that Faith and her separated after they like burned their house down and killed their abusive father. 
and Faith took off, kind of disappeared, and Hope's been living her life thinking that her sister was like gone, and now Faith has come back, just demanding money, and all of this stuff, and basically because of the massive amount of debt that Emily and her husband have accrued, uh, she basically hatches a scheme. It basically is like she's going to kill her sister. And then but before they, before, before she kills her sister, there must be some point where they, she takes out the wife insurance policy. She increases the wife insurance policy on herself, kills her sister. And basically the idea is like, it'll be a DNA match. You know, everybody will say that it's her and she's not going to tell her husband. She's going to let her husband think that she actually died. And then they're going to make like $4 million off of this. Um, and that's her scheme, which is actually a pretty good scheme. It's not bad. Yeah. But then like, you got to be dead for the rest of the life that you're living. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but like when you get the money, it's like then what? (laughs) I guess. I mean, you know, you have him be like, oh, I'm going to just pack up and leave, you know, go someplace else. And then he goes to California and like you're out there in California and then you meet up and you start a new relationship and nobody would ever know. You might be all right. You might be all right. You could get away with it. But Sean is, uh, you know, Sean, Emily's husband is such a dirtbag that uh i think it kind of i think that a lot of the discord that happens in the later parts of this movie uh happened because of him you know i really think that mostly i feel like they could have all walked away with something out of this but there's too much shit there's too much turmoil you know amongst the group and uh i mean she's watching she knows everything that's happening yeah i feel almost like the i think one of the reasons why i'm finding it difficult to like talk about this movie like one is that i'm tired the other one is that it feels like a a very jumpy all over the place plot right like this it is, is a based, tough one to follow. This is a, this is based on a novel. And I feel like in a novel, you can have all of these diverging storylines and still have it be concise. But mm-hmm. there is so many crosses and double crosses throughout the end of this movie that it, it just kind of like becomes staticky. It becomes a little bit, not necessarily hard to follow because it's relatively simple, the character turns, but it's just a lot to follow. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel like, all right, Come on, let's go. And I don't think it gets any more obvious than in the final scene between them. Like, you know, character motivations are kind of all over the place. I mean, I think Emily decides that she doesn't like uh, what's going on with Stephanie and Sean because they slept together. But again, both of them thought you were gone. And grief does weird things to people. You don't know what's going to happen when, when, you know, you pretend that you're dead, you know, 
So it kind of like brought them together and then she becomes like vengeful because of it because she's like, oh, so I die and you two just said fuck. And it's like, well, the undercurrent during that entire relationship was that that was the, that was the thing. Like you and I both thought that that was the reason that Emily brought Stephanie to the house. Yeah. They made allusions to the idea that they had had threesomes before mm-hmm. to her. You know what I mean? And it's like that, that, that's always been the undercurrent. So if you take yourself out of that situation, what do you think is going to happen? It's not unreasonable, but she gets super fucking jealous. And I'm like, I have a little bit, I don't know if it's jealous or if it's just hurt. I mean, I guess it could just be, just be hurt, but it feels almost like given everything you know about Blake Lively's character and about that relationship, it almost feels a little bit shaky that she would be that upset that they swept together because they're having threesomes and shit. So sex isn't this sacred thing between two people for them, right? Yeah. Well, it's like her husband is like her key to this plan, right? So if she loses him to Stephanie, who's going to collect that $4 million, you know? Right. She, like it's like she her plan was to be with him like that's going to be his money that he's going to collect because of that and <laughs> she's only going to cash in on it if they're together and after what happened it doesn't seem like that's the way it's going to go so it seems like she's more pissed off that her plan was foiled from yeah. uh, something she didn't see coming it's more money related than sean related yeah that makes sense yeah i uh yeah, I mean, I think that the twists and turns in this movie are exciting on the first viewing. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I watched it again and I'm like, hey. I didn't like, it didn't hook me as much that second time through when I felt mm-hmm. more, I felt more fatigue at the turns. Like I was like, all right, you know, like it's a lot. It's a lot to kind of take in. And I feel like that final confrontation between everybody has so many different things going on oh like anna kendrick is there and she's gonna hold both of them at gunpoint and then all of a sudden it's like oh she shot him and then it's like oh my god blake lively confessed and then blake lively is like i know that you guys are faking fuck you i cut the microphones and then (laughs) blake lively actually has a gun and she shoots sean and then it's like, oh, now I'm going to shoot you too. I'm going to make it look like a murder-suicide. And then she's like, oh, my God, like, please don't do that, blah, blah, blah. But also, hey, look at me. I got a camera in the button on my shirt, and I'm live streaming it to the world, and you just confessed to murder. And then she's like, oh, my God. And she's like, I got to run. And she runs outside, and the cops are coming. And then one of the other parents from the school hits her. And she flips up in the air and, you know, Anna Kendrick is like, oh, my God, are you OK? Oh, be careful. Hey, hey, you know, you've just been hit by a car, speedy, you know, and all this stuff. And the cops come and they arrest her and they put her in the back of the, uh, of the cop car without handcuffs on. And uh, and uh, and uh, then they do this thing where they they close out the movie and they they're like showing the. I have a weird, I have a really, I hate, hate when they do this with fictional characters. I don't mind when they do it with real life characters. Like Johnny Cash went on to fucking write a song or or do a cover of a song called Hurt that everybody thinks is his original. You know, like I don't mind when they do that. But 
when they do it with fictional characters, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> it bothers you, yeah. Oh, so much. Even even in Unbreakable, which I love, they like wrap up that story with like David Dunn led police to uh, the comic book store that Elijah owned. And, uh, you know, they were able to uncover 20 acts of domestic terror. And then it's like Elijah is now incarcerated in a hospital for the criminally insane. And I'm like, yeah, but show it. Why are you fucking writing it? Like, you just show it to me. Like, I understand that in real life, there's like these gigantic, you can't really summarize everything that happens in somebody's entire life so i kind of give it a little bit more leniency but it's like literally it's just it's just you have to like you have to do like two more scenes two more scenes and then you're fine even one more scene in that case so this one it's like like the 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 whole place where she lands where stephanie lands is kind of weird it's like yeah well you know her vlog is like you know gets parlayed into like a morning show which is like oh my god like that's so cool a morning show where you have bosses and a network that tells you what you can and can't do instead of the vlog where you're your own boss and an entrepreneur what a fucking get good job uh and then they're like oh and then sean actually wrote a second novel and it was a bestseller and he's a successful professor at berkeley and i'm like oh wow like awesome like <laughs> this guy being like scummy the entire movie really paid off i'm gonna model my life after him and then uh they show that emily has been sentenced for 20 years and that she plays basketball and wins basketball games and she says uh yeah up your ass and that's the last thing she says in the entire movie up your ass pretty good summary of how that movie ended i didn't like it I didn't like it. felt like it was all very easy and convenient and like nobody really got what they deserved. Nobody really <laughs> got what they deserved. You know what I'm saying? So you were looking for justice, huh? I think Sean... You know what Sean should have... She should have shot him in the dick. That would have changed the entire thing for me. Because <laughs> this guy was just going around just leading on women and being like a player and stuff while we had Blake Lively at home and like you get the sense... Even like when he has Anna Kendrick there... And it's like, well, now it's like he's just using Anna Kendrick so that she takes care of his kids and stuff and like yeah. dinner. And then he's at school and he's talking to that, that, you know, there's like a hot Asian lady that he's talking to. And like, it's like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. This guy is just a, he's just a fucking player. He's just a fucking mm-hmm. player. And it would be poetic justice to shoot him in the penis. <laughs> nice yeah i mean i feel like that's his prized possession you know fucking mangle that thing you get rid of (laughs) you know i would add respect for that and then you know i feel like emily yeah she kind of gets what's coming to her she goes to prison she gets hit by a car which is pretty cool shocking didn't see that coming she was about to shoot anna kendrick and then bam Mm. got hit by a car a all-american hybrid silent but deadly um yeah and uh and then i just stephanie stephanie like not only does she get like a morning show but she also is solving crimes on the side <laughs> like they said that she like solved 20 crimes off camera 
Like in six months. It's you know, she, six months. She has a lot of workplace experience after that. Doesn't it does it, it can be done? I just feel like I just feel like they rushed a conclusion on this one. They were just like, all right, well, we, we, you know, we're exhausted from doing all of these twists and turns. We know that the audience must be tired too. And then they just fucking like bam, bam, bam. And just like really quickly swap together the ending. And I don't know what I would have preferred, except maybe just like a, a cleaner through line. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was compelling when they meet at when when Emily and her meet at Emily's grave. And basically the the vibe that you get is like they're talking about how things can go. And then Emily is like, but there is one other way that we can handle this. And it's like, oh, so this is what it's going to be like. Oh, I'm sorry that I lied to you. I'm sorry that I tricked you. Also, we've both been kind of victimized by this dude, Sean, that, you know, he obviously didn't care about me if he's fucking my best friend two seconds after I'm dead. And then he obviously doesn't care about you because listen to this recording of him saying as much. And also the fact that he's just used you nonstop since I died, (laughs) since I died. Uh, It's just a funny thing to say. Um, You know, he's used you nonstop, like cooking food and taking care of the kids, blah, blah, blah. I thought what they were going to do was they were going to switch it around so that they were going to pin it all on Sean, send him away karmic justice for being a sleazeball the entire movie. And the two of them were going to walk away with $2 million clean. And that was how they were going to end the movie. I thought that's what was going to happen. And I actually think I would have preferred something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that like she sees Sean getting arrested and she's like, oh my God, like I really, poor Sean, he didn't do this. And then she like develops a plan with Sean to double cross her. And then like, it's like at that point, why would you care? Because this guy's lying, like lying to you this entire time. And like, I don't know, just the character motivation seemed all over the place, and it was like it was contrived. You know? Yeah. They were trying to surprise you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I thought that the, the button camera was cool. You know? <laughs> I said to myself, well, that would come in handy. Yes, it would. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so what, I think you're good. You good? I'm pretty you got good. Anymore? No, I, 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 I'm like exhausted. I'm really. Yeah. Scared. It's not even funny. What did you think of the movie, though? All in all. Oh no, I thought it was fun. It was yeah. just a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was really silly, um, and I liked some of the bits that they had set up. Um, even early on where she was like, oh, like, like she's talking about the things that she was going to do for like the event that they were having at school. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll bring the helium tank and the balloons. And the other parents are like, uh, you don't really have a helium tank, do you? And she's like, yeah, of course I do. Kids love balloons. You know, like, <laughs> do you not have a helium tank? Like, I'm just kidding. I know you're not a bad parent. And then they're <laughs> like, we're horrible parents. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, just those little moments that, you know, there's a lot of like good comedy in it. You know? yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah overall 
overall it's just the 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 amount of plotting that goes into the end of that it's just like let me rest a little let me rest please please Um, if i didn't like the movie i I probably would have had more of a problem with it but didn't bother me none i was like all right it's ending yeah that's how they want to do it cool i'm okay with that i'm out yeah it's not a bad movie. I think I would have a higher opinion of it if it was a DC comics film. Uh, I think that that would definitely my bias would kick in, and I'd be like, "Say that's usually what does lot, it." <laughs> a lot of uh, good stuff, you know, buried right there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So on next week's episode of WT Fodder, we're talking about Umuamua the Hawaiian god of meteors that are shaped like phalluses. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, hold on to your hats. It's going to be fun. All right, I'm done. I can't. I'm all, I I can't. I can't anymore. Thanks for joining us, guys. If you made it this far, thank you. <laughs> we try. We come out here every week. We give it our best shot, and this week it's just been. Uh, this one has been a hard one. It's been a difficult show. There was nothing simple about this favor. No, this, sometimes the shows are like pulling teeth. This one felt like a pulling teeth episode. That's all right. Which is funny because it's not We're like I, did, I didn't enjoy. It's not like I didn't enjoy the movie. I enjoyed the movie. But I just, uh, just energy wise, I had a, I had a rotten day at work, <clears throat> and just I didn't get any sleep last night because the country was on fire, and uh, somehow that in all of that commotion, of us, but... somehow <laughs> in all of that commotion, they couldn't possibly have at least like thrown a rock at Mitch McConnell or something, like the fact that there's a raid on the Capitol and and Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell. Nothing happens to them, you know. Of course, they are the conservative party, so they probably nothing would have happened to them. But just, I just was, you know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have a siege on the Capitol building, you know, I mean, I just think that maybe, maybe, and I'm not advocating violence. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that after years and years of these people circulating through our political system and seeing their faces on the news repeatedly and everything. I just, after all that time, I just want somebody to like, you know, like, I don't know, throw like a, like not even a rock. I wouldn't even say a rock, like a, like a, like a, like a, just one single rotten tomato, just one rotten tomato, just right, right in Mitch McConnell's face. Right in his turtly, turtly face. That's all. That's all. That's all I wanted. All I was asking for. You couldn't even give me that. You're gonna burn down the country, and you're not even gonna throw a tomato. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Have a great, great day. We'll see you next week on the Dignity Fodder Podcast. Bye. Bye. Oh, Man. Clay had a little Mountain Dew. (laughs)
Yeah, well, it's zero. It's Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. So it's mm-hmm. no. terrible for you. <laughs> no, you just look like um, like a stressed out guy just taking a swig of whiskey or something. You were like, <sighs> and just like <laughs> de-stressing. That you know what funny. I made the other night? You know what I made the other night? Uh, it was th- it was Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, um, and vodka, and raspberry schnapps. Ooh. And I called it a disoriented hiker. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd that name come from? Uh, I was hiking and disoriented.